This is No Teacher Left Behind with Natalie McIntosh and Christine Hurt. Humorous musings from the teacher's lounge. Hey, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, La, 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 la. I, I guess there's some businessy things I should be talking about. This is like our fourth episode of this like season, and yeah, um, time is flying. It's by. kind of interesting because I feel like we're kind of loosening up and we're like trying new things and and kind of saying let's explore over here a little bit, see how that goes. Let's explore over here a little bit and see how that goes. Yeah, uh, I know sometimes like. I come in with like articles I've researched and all this stuff. Yeah. And then sometimes we just come in and we're like, I just want to talk about a topic and let's just riff. Yeah. So I um, am just feeling like a little overwhelming sense of gratitude about being here with such, you know, wonderful, talented, optimistic and positive people. Oh, mm. thank you. Me too. Okay. Big I'm, heart. I'm super uh, grateful for the opportunity to get out of my house. So <laughs> That's right. How old is your little boy now? <laughs> Four and a half months. <laughs> Um, tummy time I saw on a picture you showed me, but (laughs) not mobile yet. Not mobile yet, thank God, but not sleeping so great, so. Well, there are a couple of things also to mention, like, uh, we got our Facebook page, No Teacher Left Behind podcast, and then Instagram, No underscore teacher underscore left underscore behind. I'm getting really good at saying that, Yes, you are. Um, if you do a search there. Uh, I know it's on my to-do list to kind of start upping our social media presence, and, you know. Yeah. We're we're getting there. there. We're working on it. It'll be fine. And then also we're on Apple Podcasts now. So that's that's the big game right there. So um, definitely follow and like or whatever you're supposed to do on that one. Yeah. (laughs) And leave a review. And leave a review so that other people can see where the coolest people are, which is right here. Yes. All right. So here's... um, I'm a member of some things on Facebook, some groups, some teacher groups, uh, and I saw a post and I bookmarked it, uh, you know, saved it to my little list. Uh, and I'm surprised I didn't lose it, but <laughs> I, I found it again. And I, I, I think it is a topic worthy, uh, definitely to talk about. And that is the plight of the first year teacher. Oh, and what a plight it is. And let's have a moment of silence for those still suffering. Okay, anyway, uh, so here's the post that I saw, and it's from a first-year teacher, and and I don't know if I'm going to do a voice or not. I'm just going to see what comes out. Okay, here it is. Hey, y'all, please help me decide what to do. Every single day I think about quitting. It's my first year, and so many things have opened my eyes about this career that I realize I don't want to do. Having to deal with the students' low motivation and attitude, their parents, not being respected, having to lesson plan every single day, grading, 504s, etc. There's so freaking much responsibility and expectations, and it's killing me. There are more bad days than good days, and I'm coming home to cry every day. I ask myself every single day if I really want to deal with this for the rest of my life. It's so sad, but really, I'm losing hope every single day, and it's making me feel so sad. Really, it's sad that I don't care anymore, and not even about the students. Is this a normal feeling, or do I really not want to be a teacher? Okay, so I saw that one, and my heart just was like... My heart is like in a million little pieces. It's like, I feel you, girl. I feel you. I feel you, girl. Um, And I was like, you know, I should really bring this to the podcast, because I know when I'm in a place of uncertainty... One of the first things I do is I go and I go into research mode. Somebody 
probably has asked the same questions I have. Somebody's probably said the same things I'm concerned about. I need to research what other people are saying and what other people are doing. So this person came to a forum and said, look, I don't know what to do. Give me feedback. Um, But maybe some people out there are like, I'm a first year teacher and I see this podcast is probably going to be named. Can we talk about first year teachers? (laughs) Uh, And you're like, oh, maybe this might help. Yeah. So I want the focus of this discussion to be towards how how to help the first year teacher yeah and so i'm going to read a couple of the responses mm-hmm. you know all of this is a manamanamanis yes i mean i did not i'm not saying any names or anything right like yeah this. i have no idea who but said in any reading of some of i mean and it got like 277 replies, yeah. and that was just six days ago. Yeah. So this is like a huge forum, lots of people weighing in. And so here are some of the um, replies, and I kind of want to gauge your reaction. Sure. But first, you know, maybe I should back up and say, what is your immediate reaction? Like, if you were about to type a little comment to this person. Well, my first reaction is, like, I wish I could hug them, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is, I, it hasn't been that long since I was a first-year teacher. I remember, remember it. Very vividly. And it is so hard. And um, I think the first things I would say is I would ask this person, like, do you have a mentor teacher? And is the mentor teacher somebody you can trust? And if not, then that's your first order of business is to find a teacher in the building that you feel like you can trust and go to to get suggestions and support and wisdom and support and support and support because that's what you need more than anything this first year is somebody just kind of be in your cheerleader and say, just come back tomorrow. Yeah. I promise you, you can do this if you just come back tomorrow. And that's pretty much when you are a first year teacher, that is your number one goal is just come back tomorrow. And, (laughs) um, and one of the things that I had to learn to let go of as a first year teacher was the sense that I felt like I was failing my students because I wasn't a good teacher. Because nobody's a good teacher their first year. You hear that, first year teachers? Nobody. It's not just you feeling that way. Everybody feels that way their first year. And frankly, I was probably better than I gave myself credit for. A lot of my kids, you know, got good grades and passed the SOL at the end of the year and moved on with their lives. Like, you know, could I have been better? Absolutely. Was I the worst teacher in the world? Absolutely not. I felt like the worst teacher in the world, though. And I felt like it was so unfair to my students that they had to suffer through this year with me because it wasn't their fault that I was terrible. And I really had to let go of that. Mm-hmm. And um, And my husband said, you know, maybe this is just part of their journey in life. Not every teacher they have is going to be good, and this is a good opportunity for them to learn how to survive, even when your teacher's not great. But also, you're probably a pretty good teacher. So, um, But if you show up every day and try your best every day, and some days your best is not going to be so great. It's going to kind of suck. But it's the best that you got. It's all you have. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through to the other side. Um, and... And it is hard because I feel like there are some people who get into the profession, maybe some rose-colored glasses, you know, and it's it's not all like... Uh, Captain dead. O' Captain yeah, standing on my just, desk. Yeah, yeah, this is not Dead Poets <laughs> Society, okay? In fact, that's super unrealistic. <laughs> totally. Um, and if that's why you're getting into teaching, that might be your 
in teaching for the wrong reason. But because um, you get in there and the reality hits you in the face, there is a lot of lesson planning. There are a lot of IEPs and 504 plans and there are parent emails and there are administrator expectations. Um, but just show up every day. Yeah. It's funny that the first thing you said was, do you have a mentor teacher? Because I didn't read the edit because, you know, sometimes you have yeah, a post and, and you see you some see replies. replies. And you're like, okay, a lot of the questions yeah. are being asked over and over again. Let yeah. me just respond. So she did add this little piece at the end. Hey, guys. So, yes, I do have a mentor. <laughs> so you're not the only one who was like telling her, do you have a mentor teacher? Yeah. Yes, I do have a mentor who has helped me in every way she can. However, I don't have a great PLC. Uh, what does that stand for again? I can never professional remember. learning community. Sure. Um, <laughs> the only other teacher teaching at my level is also a coach and her teaching style. Oh, I guess an athletic coach is she oh. saying. So she's probably gone a lot. Yeah. You know? And her teaching style is having the kids be on the online book all class period and doing assignments mm. and quizzes, etc. Yeah. So basically, I'm on my own when lesson planning since my mentor doesn't teach that either. Sometimes I think it's just the school and the PLC, so I'm thinking about resigning there and going to a different school in January. But how does that work if I sign the contract? I really don't want to quit teaching just yet. I I at least want to try a different place ASAP. Advice, please. Okay. Yeah. So she didn't have would, an edit. And yeah. And that's another thing I would say is before leaving the profession, try leaving the building. That's true. That's um, true. Because it might just be that it's not a good fit. That's true. For you. Um, or it might just be like a really shitty school and you need to go somewhere else with yeah. a good administration. Well, cool. Um, well, let's see what some other audience yeah. members had to say. Um, do, 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 do. Now, here's a response. I wonder what your reaction will be to this. <laughs> here's a response. <sighs> it's a short one. Mm -hmm. Did your teacher prep program not prepare you for any of this? These are pretty much expected tasks that come with the territory and then an emoji that's shrugging. Well, you were right. That is a response. <laughs> and uh, frankly, I feel like it's a pretty shitty one. <laughs> like, that's just horrible. Like, I think in general, somebody comes to you and says, oh, my God, this is so hard. And I feel like I'm failing at it. And then you say, well, didn't you learn how to do this? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, how are you helping? Just leave. <laughs> Okay, thanks. That's yeah. pretty much and also, mine. <laughs> yeah. Also, to that end, I don't think the person is actually complaining about the actual doing of the lesson plans and the 504s. They are complaining about the consistent, unending onslaught of work with zero community respect. Because she talks about, or he yes. uh, talks about I that in the, in the original post, that... There's just There's, so freaking much responsibility and expectation. Yes. And then they've mentioned yes. like no respect. And I think that's what they're complaining about. So I feel like the person who said, well, weren't you trained on all of these things is missing the point entirely. And to answer that question, I don't think the training that we have in place in it's our college programs super is inadequate. adequate. No. I mean, I think you need a ton of mentorship. Yeah. Um, and a ton yeah. of trying things on. And yeah. You, yeah. you can't learn the profession without running a classroom. Like you have, that has to be part of your, your training. And I know that student teaching is a thing, but it's not the same. Yeah. And that's another area where co-teaching would solve all the problems. Cause you could have a master teacher with a novice teacher mm -hmm. and so many problems being solved. Yes. Like I just, yes. anyway, but back to the and see, I'm here. one of the first year teachers that did not, I mean, I had a mentor, but it was, um, I don't remember having 
the relationship that you described with your yeah. first year teacher's mentor. Yes. It was not the same. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I in that regard, um, I was very, very blessed to have a really incredible mentor because I did not have any student teaching. So I would not have, have survived my first year uh, without my mentor teacher. And, and as I've mentioned, I think before in the show, not only did I have a really great mentor, I had a friendship with a second year teacher who was a high quality educator, but was very close to the first year experience who I could go to and say, this is the worst. I don't think I'm going to make it. And she would say, I felt exactly the same way one year ago. You're going to be okay. Right. You're in exactly the right place. Yes. Yes. Um, here's another one, and I just I probably put this in here just because it was another first year teacher who's who's commenting, and he or she says uh, I am a first year teacher as well, and I've been kicked to the ground so far. It's been terrible. I've come home every day crying, telling myself I can do this, I can do this, and then having to drag myself out of bed, telling myself I have to do this. <laughs> I have decided to give myself the two years, and if I still don't like it, I have a backup plan already of working with the cyber crime unit for police. <laughs> I was like, that ex- sounds exciting. Yeah, yeah go do that. But, I mean, I mean, yeah. let me keep the focus. Yeah. Um, my thought is that I think I fell in love with the idea of teaching, and now that I'm here, I hate it. My advice from one teacher to another is to finish the year uh, as leaving may look bad as a new teacher and then try to move schools, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I, I found myself onto this one where it's like, I've decided to give myself the two years. I like that um, mentality for a lot of things in my life. Yeah. I can do anything for this amount of time. Yeah. Uh, I talked to a master teacher last year, just walking down the hall. You know, sometimes you kind of sync up uh-huh. your pacing and you're just walking down the hall somewhere. I don't even know where I was going. And I said, how have you stayed in this for so long? Because this is like her 20-something year. Yeah. And, you know, she, I didn't come to this until I was already, you know, out of school a little bit. And then I took seven years off to have a kid and stuff and then came back. But she's been doing it ever since she graduated. Yeah. So, and we're about the same age. And uh, she goes, well, in my first, I was going to quit after like, she said like her third or fourth year. And I went and talked to my administrator about it. And the administrator was just like, just give it one more year. And can you do that? Yeah. Can you just give it one more year? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. And so she says, when I get to that point in the school year, I just go, just give it one more year and yeah. then make a decision. Yeah. And quite frankly, this is me, Natalie talking, um, <laughs> my 15th yeah. year, it's the tactic that I'm using right now. Yeah. Just give it one more year. Yeah. You don't have to make the decision about the rest of your life right now. Yeah. You can be like, you know what? Let me just get through this school year. Yeah. And some days it's I can do anything for five minutes. Yes. And then when that five minutes is over, I can do this again for another five minutes. I made it through this five minutes. Uh-huh. I can do five more minutes. Yep. And you just keep doing that until you get to the end of your school day. And so there are many days that I do that. Yeah. I'm just going to get through today. Yep. That's it. I'm just going to get through and. By the way, this is like what 12-step programs use. Yeah. <laughs> one day at a time. Yeah. Um, and Sometimes one minute at a time. <laughs> and that's struggling with like crippling addiction. Yeah. So uh, we can use that same type of, you know, that thought mentality, process yeah. of I can do anything for one year and yeah. then I can make that decision then. Yeah. I do not. And it's kind of a freeing thought. Yeah. That, oh my gosh, okay, now it's not the rest of my life. Well, and. It's just this year. Yeah. And you're not making the decision at like 
the most stressful moment when you probably shouldn't be making any big decisions at all because you're tired and stressed and, you know, maybe a little socially isolated or feeling disrespected and kicked to the ground. And then if you can just make it to the end of the year, because by the end of the year, you have a perspective and you can look back and say, okay, I, I did enjoy this. I didn't enjoy this. I didn't enjoy this, but I can I can live with that for the benefits of what I did enjoy, or I can't live with this anymore. Right. And it's time to move on. So it's kind of a watch and see. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, just keep yeah. an keep an ear to the ground. Um da 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 uh Okay. One of my favorite comments was just these six words. It's that demanding for twenty seven years. <laughs> and I was like Okay, next yeah, comment. Well, but I just had to put on it was yeah. the shortest comment I saw and yeah. I was like, Yeah, this is yeah. pretty much how it is. Yeah. But I mean what follows that is you and I've talked about it the first year. Yeah, I've yeah. already talked about how I cried like every single day my oh, first yeah. year. I and cried then the second so much. year I cried half as much. Yeah. And then the third year I cried maybe a tenth of that. Yeah. And I was just Yeah, well I remember my first week of my third year, so I had the same department head all three years. And my first year, my mentor teacher and my department chair um, were very, very worried most days that I was not coming back the next day because I was so just stressed out. Well, I was, you know, I'd never had any student teaching. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I was definitely on the job learning. And you remember that sophomore class that year Mm. was Yeah, that was a special group of students. Mm -hmm. And that was my first year teaching. Do you know I did the math on that sophomore class? And they were born the year of, um, like, after 9-11. Oh, interesting. And I always wondered if there would be some sort of, like, psychological study of those, you know, students who were very, very young at that time when everyone in the world went nuts. Yeah. You know, and and people were full of fear and anxiety and everything. And sort of, they were bathed in that. That yeah. anxiety. I've always okay. Well, that was a little but yeah, aside, but yeah. I always but anyway. kind of went and was like, "When were they born? Oh, yeah. they were born then. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. And, here's oh yeah. Oh no. But I was going to say so. Um, you know, so it's this really, really rough cohort behavior wise, and me feeling like my issues with classroom management were all my fault when they were only like eighty percent my fault because. These kids were like veteran teachers were frustrated. Yes. Managing these students. Yes. And that made me feel a tiny bit better. It's like, okay, it's literally not just that I don't know what I'm doing. It's only mostly because I don't know. What I'm doing. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't even go that far. I think your percentage <laughs> but, is way too high. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and, uh, but no. So I think, you know, most days they were like, uh, fingers crossed she comes back tomorrow. Please just come back tomorrow. <laughs> yes. There were a few times that my mentor teacher said, please. Come back tomorrow. Yes. Please come back tomorrow. And then by my third year, you know, and again, like you said, the first year is like crying after school many, many days. <laughs> Second year, crying after school a couple of times a month, you know. By the third year, after my first week, I was like on cloud nine. Yes. I felt great. I felt like I knew more than anything. I felt like what had changed between year two and year three was I had figured out who I was as a teacher. Yes. I had figured out my teacher 
persona, what worked for me as far as discipline and management and how strict I needed to be and how things that I could get away with being loose on because they didn't matter to me and they didn't upset the balance of the classroom if I was loose on them, things that I needed to be really super firm on because they did upset me or they did upset the balance of the classroom. And I just went into that year swinging, man. I was like ready to go. And I did it. And I remember going by my department chair's classroom at the end of the first week and being like, can you even believe it? Yeah. I have not cried all week. (laughs) (laughs) And I've had a smile on my face this whole time. Like, I I felt fantastic. Whenever I try to mimic another teacher, I always fail. Yes. Always fail. Every time. There was, you know, even if it's like the best teacher. Mm Mm-hmm. But the, the reason why they're the, like the best teacher, the master teacher, the whatever, is that they have found their own personal mm-hmm. persona, like you said. They have they know their own personal boundaries, their own personality, the, the things that they're willing to let slide, the things that they're going to hold the line on. They have found their own personal balance. And whenever I was trying to mimic that teacher, a lot of that went against my own personality. Yes. And that's when it doesn't come across as true, authentic, no. and I, I'm not respecting myself, and therefore, how can anybody else respect me? Right. And, and then you think, okay, well, this other teacher holds the line on this thing, so I'm going to hold the line on that thing. But it's kind of disingenuous, so that disingenuous, so you don't actually end up holding the line very well, because yes. you actually don't care about it yeah, as much as that other teacher. Yeah, you don't believe in the line Yeah, that and it mimicking. seems so, yeah. like, arbitrary and weird, where it's not arbitrary for them, because it's something that is important to the way that their classroom needs to be run. Yes. And so it works for them. But for you, it just feels like this arbitrary thing, and then somebody calls you on it, and you're like, well, actually, it is kind of dumb, I guess. I don't know. Yes. And, and then that ends up working against you. But one of the things that my mentor teacher told me that kept me going that first year was every time I would come to her and be like, this is just falling apart, or I can't figure this out, or this isn't working, or I'm trying, you know, this frustration. And she would just say to me, that's just a result of an experience, and there's no cure for an experience but experience. Yes. So you just have to keep coming back. Yes. And that is something that... You know, I hear a lot out in um, pop culture, you know, going around is, you know, a kind of these kids these days, you know, type of situation where these kids these Uh, days. You could hear my eyes rolling. I I know. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, anyway, the thing that's going around is they don't know how to see things through or to finish things or when things get tough, Uh they're out of there and um, they give up. Like a meat. Sorry, I had to pick up my water bottle. It fell over. Um, <laughs> and and I'm not so sure that it's a kids these days. I think there's yeah. always this persistent yeah. kids these uh-huh. days things, no matter what decade we're Socrates in. Socrates was bitching about the kids yes. these days. Okay, so. Yes. All right, but anyway. And um, it, it, it was true for me. I grew, I, I happened to be a type of personality growing up as a kid. Things came very easily to uh-huh. me. Uh, I could uh, learn something super fast and get to a certain level of proficiency. But then when it got hard or if I started making mistakes or if it was too much effort, I would just quit that thing and move on to the next thing. Are you me? Oh, my gosh. Are we the same person? 
Are we the same person, Brent? <laughs> I think you guys can, like, shake hands and meet each other as the same person. Hi. Hi, because okay. that is exactly yeah, me. Yes, we're yes. shaking hands. But anyway, um, teaching was the first thing that I came to that I failed miserably at. But for some reason, I kept coming back to, yes. for more. Yes. And, and it wasn't, I think a lot of it was peer pressure. And I think it was the way the system is set up. I had signed a year contract. Mm-hmm. It, it went against my very core <laughs> to quit in the middle of a contract. Yeah, you've made a promise. My mom instilled that. She would not yeah. let me quit the volleyball team my junior year of high school. Uh, even though I was miserable, she said, you committed to this team. You see it all the way through. So I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So yeah, You don't have to do it again next year, and then, but you have to finish this year. At that time when I was a first-year teacher, I was 25. Yeah. I still cared a lot about what people thought of yes. me. And uh, I realized that I cared more about what my colleagues thought of me than what the teenagers thought of me. Yeah. <laughs> So I started looking for ways to adjust what I was doing so that my colleagues, you know, would think that you, I was You would have the their right approval. Yeah. yeah. So I was in heavy approval mode yeah. by that point. I did come into the profession with the whole, like, stand on the desk, Captain America. Yeah. I thought all I needed was a good knowledge of math and the ability to explain it well. And that's all you needed to yeah. be a good math teacher. Yeah. Because don't you know, if, so. if your lessons are engaging, you will have no behavior problems. That's right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the biggest lie they teach you when you're getting your education training is if your lessons are engaging enough, you will have no discipline problems. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we're dealing with the human element. Yeah. I tell students this every day. It's like, you really want to know what a teacher is like? You're doing, you're assigned a presentation every day. Uh-huh. So every day you have to design and come up with a presentation and present it in front of very judgy people. Uh-huh. <laughs> who every day don't <laughs> always listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> who are going to be rude, who are going to like go on their phone while you're trying to like do your presentation. And you're going to mess up because you haven't had any time to rehearse your presentation or do anything like that. So you're going to have to like, you know, mess up every yeah. once in a while. And so that's what it's like. And I usually get these like, Ugh, like they just tasted something sour, you know, <laughs> yes. facial expressions yeah. looking back at me. And I'm like, oh, dang, I'm May- supposed to be encouraging yeah. people to become teachers. Okay, so um, okay, so here's another one. Okay, we're back to like some oh, of the, the responses. Yeah. And so like some of these, I'm like, oh, massive eye roll. And uh-huh. the other ones... And and then even with the ones with the massive eye roll, I'm like, okay, well, I see what they were trying to say. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm cool with that. This one was interesting because of this. When I first, and, and here's why I'm reading this voice. When I first started teaching in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, all due respect. Yes. I mean, all the respect, actually. Yes. If you started teaching in 1980. Oh, whew. You, you've seen some things. Anyway, when I first started teaching in 1980. So I was in first grade, by the way. I was being born. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, ADD wasn't even brought up. Okay. Obviously, that's terminology that is more recent. Um, You corrected a child and they listened. (laughs) I have a question mark about that one. But anyway. believe you. um, Plus, the workload was less strenuous. uh, That I believe. Yes. And you weren't stressed out as easily. I retired after 31 years and this is my seventh year as an aide in a charter school that is 100% poverty. 
I could never do what these teachers do all day and to try and motivate their class. Half the time is spent settling fights and correcting behavior. I give all the teachers today so much credit for all that you have to do. God bless you. Yeah. And one of the reasons I copied that one is kind of, it got a lot of reactions, you know, you yeah. can like click like yeah. and heart. And yeah. I mean, there's a like a heart and a cry face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's like a total of eight replies there. But the things that I got out of there is that I really wanted to hear that perspective from someone who was teaching in past days. Um, I do feel that uh, it's different. Yes. Uh, And the thing that comes to mind the most that I feel is the most different is the paperwork. Yeah. And the record keeping and the data and um, all the special individual Needs yeah. that are uh, that we are expected as one single human being to address in any given second in our classroom. Yeah. So well, I do. And, and I feel like because, you know, um, I can't remember what it was that that teacher said specifically that made me think of this. But I do think that things are different, too, as far as the what is expected of the teacher and the time allotted to meet that expectation. So I'm just thinking my daughter is in first grade. I remember first grade. When I was in first grade, we came into the classroom and the first thing we had to do was our seat work. And we also had three recesses. We had morning recess, afternoon recess, and a short recess after lunch. Holy cow. That sounds amazing. Yeah. My daughter has one 30-minute recess after lunch. And that is it. Um, And I have some issues right now because it oh, seems like do a teacher episode of recess. We need to get an elementary school teacher yeah, up in here. Cause I, her teacher seems to be taking recess away and it's really getting on my nerves. But anyway, that's the point. Mm-mm-mm. The point is that overall we had a lot of recess. They have hardly any recess. Um, and we had seat work and seat work with like five worksheets that we had to complete before first recess. And do you know what the teacher did while we did the seat work? We sat in our desk quietly and I'm sure for the first week or month she was her work during that time was to train us and enforce the rules of like you stay in your seat right. you stay focused on the work whatever but then once we were all trained to the routine she sat at the front of the room at her desk and did her work mm-hmm. while we did our work right for like an hour every day and um now my first grader has morning work which is one worksheet and it's basically what they do to stay busy until like, you know, so kids come in off the bus and there's like 10 minutes until the bell rings and some kids are coming in, they go to eat breakfast or they're being dropped off and kids are sort of filtering in. And so this is the teacher's work that they are supposed to be doing when they come in, they do this worksheet just to kind of get them settled in to the day. But then the tardy bell rings and they go into having morning meeting and then they have math and then they have, their PE and this or whatever. Is all teacher active, you know, it's not teacher is on it. Teacher is running it. Is engaging. Teacher is engaging. Mm. And um and so there's no time for the teacher in the morning to sit down and, you know, get grades entered into her grade book or go through the previous day's worksheet. It's like that's all stuff that has to happen. You know, she gets, I think, planning time probably during when they're at PE or, or music. music or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's 45 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, and then she gets a 30 minute lunch hmm. and then they're at recess for 30 minutes, but she has to be outside with them. And then they come back inside and they have work that the teacher is doing with them for the rest of the day. 
And, you know, a lot of it also is um, the pushing down of content mm-hmm. to lower grades, oh, yeah. too. It's like, what is it, first grade is the new fourth grade or it's, whatever? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I've said for a long time, kindergarten is the new first grade. And I think that and it's it's amazing how there's this idea that, and I know we're getting way off track here, but the idea that in order to get our kids to achieve better later, we need to, like, start teaching them these things earlier and earlier and earlier. And I think that's really... The exact opposite of what needs to happen. What needs to happen is an increasing focus on social and behavioral skills in school and the younger oh, grades. That'd be great. Because in high school, I would rather teach algebra to a student who struggled with math because they were behind on their math skills, but had these social and emotional skills to function in a classroom mm-hmm. versus a student who is maybe on grade level with math, but probably still not, and does not have the emotional and social skills to function in a classroom. Because then I spend all of my time battling those social and emotional skills, and I feel like I don't know what level this teacher is teaching. But I feel like that's part of the frustration, too, is that there's not the time to teach them those social emotional skills young. There's not time to take a time out, like we talked in the last episode, to teach them how to learn. Right. You know, take a time out. Let's learn how to use this tool. Yes. Because we're in such a panic to get through the content. Right. And that makes, I think, the teacher's job even harder. Yeah. All right. Here's another one. Um, okay. So this one's kind of like a not so great one, but then the reply to it, I thought, yeah. was pretty chill. All right. Anyway, so this one says, Okay, I may be out of line. By the way, if you ever have to set up what you're about you, to you say... You are out of line. You probably just... Just shut up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay, I may be out of line, but this needs to be said. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I'm going to try not... I'm going to try to read this and not yeah. stop every, every sentence. Okay. This needs to be said. You talk about low motivation from students. They have attitude and all of that. Have you looked at your post? I mean, you're complaining about lesson planning every day and having too much responsibility. So you're doing exactly what you're complaining about from your students. Lack of motivation and cannot handle responsibility. Do people just wake up and think, oh, I'll be a teacher. I can have the summer off and not have to plan on a daily basis. Teaching is hard. This is my first year, too. I work in an extremely rough school, and daily we have to encourage the kids who have nothing. Who in their right mind thinks that teaching is an easy job? But the ones who are always complaining need to reevaluate and actually read what they write. You wonder why students are lazy? Well, maybe look at the source. We are adults. Our lives are about responsibility and expectations no matter what job we choose. Okay, before you read yeah. the response to that, yeah, I let's just take a pause. And I got some stuff to say to this person. Like, okay. I really, it irritates me greatly when they, this is. Mm. I'm so mad. I can't even speak. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying no, to like, that's okay. you know, play with your emotions. No, that's okay. It's so oh, it <laughs> We need to just get through this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, they mm-hmm. said that thing about, like, you're doing exactly what you're complaining about your students doing. No, they aren't. <laughs> they are coming to a safe place with other adults, venting their frustrations and asking for constructive feedback so that they can do better. What her students are doing is not doing their work. Yeah. Disrupting other people. Is she going into the school and, like, just, you know, instead of teaching the class, just talking about how much she hates teaching? 
No, that would be an example of her doing the same thing that her students are doing, blowing off her work. But that's not what she's doing. Mm -hmm. What she's doing is something that all humans need to do from time to time, which is to vent their frustrations, to give voice to their concerns, to speak about their worries to a hopefully empathetic audience who understands what they're going through. Yes. So she is allowed. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, one of the reasons not to be like... Is the word salacious? I love that word. But anyway, I wasn't trying to like, oh, let's get some drama. In yeah. It was more of you're going to have people who have no idea where you're coming from. Yeah. And they're going to think that they're yes. helping the situation by being all judgy on your butt. Yeah. And it's not. And, you know, just be grateful that they are showing themselves to you. So that now you can avoid them yeah. in the future. Yes. You know, so. They have given you the gift of. Telling yes. you that they are not worth your time. Exactly. And so I totally agree with everything you just mm -hmm. said, too, that no, yeah, the sorry, just, are not comparable. Yeah. Um, and so... Also, we, I like the super judginess from the other... Like, you're also a first-year teacher. Like, come yeah, on! Yeah. Come and on! Then, and then I also have, like, a little bit of sense of the, the one-upmanship. Uh -huh. You know, like, oh, you think you have it bad. Uh, yeah. I'm in a really rough school. And I'm doing just fine. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh -huh. If I can do it here, then you can do it, you know. You should be able to do it or get out. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, Sorry, I'm getting so sad. In my personal life, you know, I'm at a personal point right now where I am overwhelmed by a lot. You yeah. Know, the fall semester, I'm, I don't know why I'm always surprised. Yeah. <laughs> um, why am I so overwhelmed every single year in September? Um, but I am overwhelmed, and sometimes I just want to vent. And yeah. then when people come to vent to me, sometimes I have to stop myself from doing the one-upping. Yeah. I have to sit there and be like, uh, look, I know, Natalie, that you're also feeling a yeah. little uncomfortable right now, but this is about them. They yeah. need to vent. Yeah. I do have to shut myself yeah. down. It's a natural human thing. I mean, we're competitive it's people. It's called being a grown-up. Yes, that we can put our needs on hold for a second. They'll be there when we're done. Yeah. And then listen to the other person and just be there for yeah. them and stuff. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, you so said there was a I response. Read this because this reply is stuff that I've heard over yes. my past 14 years. Uh -huh. And I've learned who I can go and get meaningful support from and who is just, they're doing their own thing. Yeah, and who's going to give you the, well, so, what are you complaining about? I've got it worse than you, and I'm doing just fine. Yeah, exactly. All right, so this response, um, by the way, got 11 responses of uh, thumbs up and yeah. hearts. She says, you know, the name, please go back and read what you said. She is already upset and discouraged. You have told her that it is her fault that she isn't successful. There are so many moving parts, many of them outside of her control, that it is not fair to place the blame solely on her. You essentially told her that she is no different than these kids. How is she going to feel now? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, kind like, of yes. person. Yes. Yes. Thank you for bringing some sanity into the discussion. And yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure what, what forum or Facebook group this comes from, but I assume that it's one for teachers and you go, you feel like, okay, this is a place I can go for some support. Yes. I'm not coming here to be chastised. If I wanted to be chastised, I'd go talk to my administrator. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. You know, I'm coming here because I just need to hear, frankly, I think all that that original teacher probably needed to hear was, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not the only one who feels this way. This is a very common way to feel. In your first year of teaching. Yes. You are not, this is not because you are a failure. 
Now, on the other side, we all know those people who milk it. Yes. They're like, woe is me. I'm uh-huh. going to tell you the same story I told you yesterday, uh-huh. 10 days in a row. Yeah. And after you've you know, developed a nice little relationship with them, you can say, I hear everything that you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you're saying the same thing every day. So something needs to change. Yeah. What, can, what can I do to help you yeah. make a little change so that the story changes? Yeah. You know, like, I get it. There's some people... Who seem to be content in their own little spin cycle yeah. of discontent. Yeah. And, and I will admit, I, I get feel, there sometimes. Yeah. Like, I just get stuck on this thing and I just want to ruminate. I do not ruminate. first-year teachers are these people no. by nature. No. These are people who need our support. Yeah, I think you have to go in with the assumption that they're doing the best that they can. The job is really, really, really effing hard. And you don't get a ton of support. The kids are not there to support you. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're there to just be kids. Yeah, basically. and it's not their job to support you, so you can't get no. mad at them for not supporting you. Yes, your other teachers would love to support you, but they're also super busy. <laughs> yes. Your administrators are supposed to support you, and if you are in a good building, your administrators and your mentor teacher will support you. Um, but your community doesn't often support no. you, and certainly not in the way that you need. To be supported, and that is, and sometimes you have people in your personal life who yeah. aren't supportive, yeah. and they're like, "Well, quit and go find something else yeah. to do if you don't like it so much." Yeah, and you're like, <sighs> yeah. And if you are fortunate, <laughs> you get in a bad building, and your administrators are not only not supportive, but they make it actively worse by just piling more on you and being more critical than is necessary of you. And it makes it really hard, and it's really easy to, as a first year teacher, because you have no frame of reference. It is so easy to internalize all of that. This is hard because I am bad. This is hard because I'm not good at this. This is hard because Mm -hmm. I'm not cut out for this kind of work. When almost none of that is true. Yeah. And, um, but you, you don't know until you are brave enough to come out to a group of teachers and say, this is my experience and I'm really frustrated and sad and it makes me not want to care anymore with the, you know, the hope that they will come sweeping under you and say, let us give you a little support. Let us pick you up a little bit. Definitely. Um, This one, let's see how this goes. (laughs) I feel bad for so many of you that talk about going home crying every day. You should never have to have that kind of day. This is my 10th year, and I don't always hit all my paperwork deadlines, but I try. Prioritize and do a little at a time. Do your lesson plans over the weekend and have everything you need ready to copy first thing Monday morning for the whole week. Eventually get them done by Friday and make your copies that afternoon, so no worries over the weekend. Being fresh out of college and first time in charge takes a little getting used to. I would venture to say a lot. But anyway, school gives you perfect world situations, not real world. You can't be ready to give up at most two months in, because that's kind of where we are in this timeline, by the way. I get, um, this has not been my only job, but it is my favorite. I have bad days and good days. I get mad at the kids. I get mad at coworkers. I get mad at admin, but I go home, take care of my family, relax, and get up the next day with the attitude that it is a new day and that it will be good. Don't hold on to things. If you can't let it go, you probably need to talk to an administrator about it or call a parent. Find someone you can decompress with each afternoon before you go home too. It helps for both for it helps for you both to be able to complain to each other about someone or something that really got under your skin. I hope this is helpful. You can vent to me anytime you need. 
That is the most lovely response. Did you notice it's last? Yeah. <laughs> it got seven likes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the only thing that uh, I took, I, and it's such a small issue, is that I know what she's trying to say with the whole, like, hey, try to have your plans done by the weekend. Yeah. I know that's not always the case. I know some days at, at the end of the school day, I just stand up, take my car keys, <laughs> and I walk out the door. <laughs> and the room is just like, bleh, yeah. from when the kids left it. We because, will deal with this tomorrow because yes. I am done. And some days, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, you know, that was a little, like, particular, but I will say this. I am in my fifth year at this particular school. I feel like I, I do have a good understanding of what uh, my persona, yeah. like we were talking, is. And I feel like I have a, a better sense of what the school requires of me and what my students need of me. That I have been consistently not leaving my classroom until things are set up for the next day. And Ooh. I can't tell you how freeing that is. Yeah. Some days it's not until five o'clock mm-hmm. or six o'clock at night. And I'm and I'm also at the same time, now that I'm in a groove, I'm finally setting up plans that I can refer to in a more organized way next year. Yeah. Um, I'm getting my notebooks already with lesson plans that work, and I am sticking a sticky note back on lesson plans that didn't work and saying revise. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. and because I am coming across this year lesson plans that I did last year and the year before that I can just grab and go with. Yeah. And there's sometimes I grab it and I'm like, oh, I really want to tweak this. And I go, no. Yep. Don't tweak it. Just make the copies. Yep. Y- you remember what to do. Yep. Trust yourself. Yeah. Um, and I and that's a freeing feeling. So I am spending a little more time making sure everything's put away, everything is tidied up, that my lesson plans are refreshed um, and ready to go for the next day before I leave. And it is the free, most freeing feeling in the world to walk out of that school building without anything resting on my shoulders yes. like a burden. Yes. So if you can get there, great. But like I just said, some days I just pick up my keys yep. and walk out the door. Well, and I think it's also worth underlining that this is your fifth year yes. in the same school and you're getting to this point. So, yes. well, I think that the advice this last commenter gave, you know, of like try to kind of have a routine and mm-hmm. get things done on the weekend ready for the next week and eventually move towards having things done on Friday so you don't have to worry over the weekend is great. But you need to understand that that happens over a period of years, yes. not weeks. Yes. Because I think there's some frustration Sometimes with first-year teachers because they think that, okay, by October, I should be able to have these routines down. (laughs) And no, you have to go through at least a whole year cycle to really understand the job. Yes. The seasons. The seasons and and what what comes up. And then if you are, you know, one of those people who is just naturally really organized and, you know, you've kind of kept notes as you went along. I was not that person. Um, Then – by year two, you can start to maybe get some of these systems more in place so that you have these routines. And then, you know, but if you're more like me, then it takes until about year three. And then and then by year five, you're at a point where you're like, okay, I'm reusing some of the same stuff. And maybe I can take, you know, one unit per quarter that I focus on revamping and then I, everything else I just reuse. Yes. You know, to make your life, because this is a thing, 
getting better at teacher, getting better at speaking is something I need to work on. <laughs> getting better at teaching is a process that happens over years, not weeks. And that's yes. my, my big Definitely. headline there. Now, on a personal note, I will say that um, I am in therapy. I have a therapist, and she is a great help. Mm-hmm. You know, because I can't always keep coming home and telling my wife the same story <laughs> over yes. and over again. I can't keep just like going to that same coworker down the hall and being whatever. Sometimes I need to pay someone to like just uh-huh. listen to this. Uh-huh. And you know, one of the the biggest things that was a struggle for me was um, not taking behaviors because we're dealing with a lot of human behavior mm-hmm. in one day, mm-hmm. a lot. And when you have 80 kids coming through if you're in high school or you're dealing with the same set of kids all day long. That is a lot of human behavior to deal with. Yes. And one of the best things that she ever said to me is, why are you taking this so personally? Their behavior. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. Keep it about the math. You know, like if you feel like there's something that they should be doing that they're not doing, remember that they're teenagers, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, yeah. It is literally their job to push the envelope. Yes. Like, it is in yes. their job description. Yes. And it has nothing to do with you as a yep. human being. Yep. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with how they feel about you as a human being. Yeah. You know, they treat their... I have teenagers at home right now who don't put dishes in the dishwasher, and I don't get bent out of shape thinking that they hate me. Right. <laughs> it's right. because they're teenagers, right. and dishes never make it to the yeah. dishwasher. Yeah. Um. So... It, that one piece of advice I got from a therapist. Yeah. So if your uh, insurance covers it, and it. if, like, for instance, with my insurance, I don't even have a copay. Yeah. Use it. Yeah. Use it to the max. Yeah. Because it, it is a lifesaver. Yeah. It is a total lifesaver. And I think having someone that you can go to, you know, their objective, they've got no skin in this game. They're not there to one-up you or to compare themselves to you or to judge you or any of that. They're just there to be a mirror and help you to, you know, work through some of this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and then throw out the occasional pearl of wisdom. Like, other people's behavior is not about you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, other people's behavior is just their behavior. Yeah. It's how they're choosing to behave right yeah. now. And it could be for so many more reasons yes. than that you're standing five feet away. Yeah. Yeah. And you have no control over those students, yeah. whether they had breakfast that morning, whether they slept last night. Do they have they, a home? Do they have a home? You know, did and, they just lose a parent? Yeah. Is, yeah. you know, is that home a happy home or not a happy home? Or, you know... They have a great home, and they get, or, you know, but they're just in a rush this morning, and they're kind of crabby. Their like, body just decided to pump extra testosterone today. Yeah. Is that the thing that teenage bodies <laughs> do? Or, you know, her period started by surprise, and <laughs> yeah. she's been embarrassed by that and is now dealing yes. for the rest of the day with, with that marinating her brain. Yeah. Um, so resist the urge to make it all about you. Yeah. You do the best you can. You say, good job. I did the best I can today. Wasn't 100% perfect, and no. that's okay. Yes. It can't be perfect when there's that many human beings involved. No. No, it cannot. <laughs> and just, you know, for all of you first-year teachers out there, just keep showing up. Yeah. Just show up every day. Definitely call. Unless you're sick, and then oh, yeah, get us yeah. up. Then stay home and get us up. <laughs> See the last episode. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, and then, uh, oh, I but, was going to say something. And 
I want to say to all of the not first year teachers out there, be kind yes. to the first year teachers. They are going through quite enough without having veteran teachers or slightly less novice teachers jumping all over them for having a hard time. Yeah. If you're not having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Keep it to yourself. Good job. <laughs> and then, you know, we're all built differently. Yeah. Yeah, there. I I remember some of my um, co teacher co workers um, just looking at me just with this aura of mystery. Like, why was I struggling so hard? Yeah, uh, they just didn't understand it, and yeah. so those were not the people that I needed to be going and and getting support yeah. from. I needed to go get support from the teachers who did struggle. Yeah, so that they could tell me everything was going to be okay. Because sometimes that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. There's another side to this, and you will get to that other side. Yeah, and then get through the year. You can always make a different decision for next year, yes. but you know, you've got it in you to yes. get through just one yep. year. Get through right. just one year. All right, Brent, what's what our question of the day? Very fittingly. What is a teaching memory in recent history that renewed your love of teaching? Thinking. Are you going to edit out the pause? <laughs> um, uh, so this is, I'll go first um, okay, while nice. you're thinking. So this is my, my second year out of the classroom. So my, my recent history isn't exactly that recent, but um, this did happen kind of recently. So I had a student that I taught um, like three years ago. And I taught him three years ago, and then two years ago was his, he was a freshman when I taught him, so it was his sophomore year, and I happened to notice that he uh, was absent the first day of school, and so I saw him later that week, and I said, hey, dude, why are you absent on the first day of school? And, uh, and he just kind of got quiet, and he said, well, to be honest with you, my dad died and his dad had died like the weekend before school started. Mm. So he was absent cause he had to go to his dad's funeral. And I was like, Oh, Oh my God. And he hadn't told any other teachers in the building. He hadn't told his administrator or his guidance counselor, anybody. You and were the first person he told. I was the first adult in the building that he had told. And I don't think he would have offered it to me if I hadn't asked, followed up with him. Um, and, uh, and so, um, and I wouldn't have followed up with him specifically, except that the year I taught him, he and I kind of built a, a relationship, um, because he was about to fail out of my class. And I took him aside one day and I was like, dude, you're going to fail this class. And do you know what happens in high school when you fail a class? You have to retake it. And he was like, what? <laughs> and he started coming after school, doing all his work, really busting his butt. And he not only passed the class, he got a good grade, and he passed the SOL with flying colors on his first try. I was wow. so proud of him. So he and I had this rapport, so it was easy for me to kind of go to him and be like, what's going on? Why are you missing the first day of school? Yeah. You know? um, and so he felt fortunately comfortable enough to talk to me about it. Um, fast forward, he had a really rough year that year and I kept trying to explain to him that he was having a rough year because his dad died yes you know it's gonna be a rough year you're not gonna ace all your courses it's gonna be hard but he struggled because he had a goal for himself to do really well in school right um and to graduate high school it was kind of a promise he had made 
to his mom and dad that he would graduate from high school and go to college. And so he really, really struggled. And then at the end of that year, he passed all but one of his classes and, you know, and did really well in a couple of his, I was really proud of him, but he, all he could see was that one bad grade. Yeah. And, um, and then the next year was last school year. I wasn't there and he started out the school year. Um, and he sent me an email at some point and just said, you know, that he was really struggling. He was having a hard time socially at school. He was having a hard time with his classes. He felt like he wasn't connecting with his teachers. Um, and then I didn't hear from him again for a while. And then it turned out that he did, um, he stopped going to the, the high school, but he did like online yeah. High school. Yeah. And he graduated. Oh. And he sent me this email. Oh, that's nice. To tell me that he had finished all of his coursework and he had graduated with his high school diploma and that he had plans for going on and going to college. And, um, and that I just felt like, I don't know, that's what, that's what this is all about to be super cheesy and cliche. Like, that's why we do this is especially for those kids who like he was I'm pretty sure the first one in his family to graduate from high school and it was such an important goal for him and to feel like I had made such a connection with him that he wanted to let me know that's how he was doing you know um and that kind of stuff that's what keeps me going in teaching and that's what you know is um feeds the that that feeds the soul True. The, the that's the crack to which teachers are addicted <laughs> is that feeling of you know you are helping somebody with their the betterment of their lives yeah i love it by the way any listeners out there please send like little messages to your teachers that you yes. um have a good rapport with you had a good relationship with experience success with experience failure with whatever yeah and just let them know, you know, that you remember them and that yeah. they made an impact. Yeah. I can't tell you how far that goes. Yes. That is like a shot of adrenaline to the heart when yeah. I'm about ready to just fall over. <laughs> yep. And um, so I do have stories like that. But I will say I I had a neat one this past um, week. Uh, I'm the teacher that they, they, you know, they see what the numbers, how the numbers fall of kids and placement in different math courses in high school. And I'm the teacher that will pick up the slack and whatever they need. Yeah. And this year, I guess it was uh, in in regular algebra two, which this is my third year teaching. And then a new one, uh, honors algebra two. And it's been a long time since I have taught uh, students who either do pretty well, experience success in math or enjoy math or, you know, it's been a while since I've taught this um, particular population of students. Uh, I enjoy working with the kids who hate math. For some reason, I just love that because I'd be like, you just haven't had me. You know, (laughs) it's a real ego trip. It totally is an ego boost. And um, so, and then by the end, they're like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the crack. Right. So here I am in front of um, a classroom full of students who are interested in what I'm saying. So that was new. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Especially in math. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm explaining uh, binomial expansion uh, because it it made it to our our rubric. Now, if anybody knows this, it's like a little puzzle. Yeah. It's, It's this thing where I can put a super complicated problem and there's this little trick that you can do to figure out the answer without having to go through all the steps. Yeah. And 
they were just soaking it up yeah. and asking, you know, for more type yeah. of thing. And I haven't had that experience <laughs> in a long time. And it just kind of gave me a different type of yeah. boost of, oh, you think this is interesting? Because so do I. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're Isn't enthusiastic it so about the same thing. Isn't math cool, you guys? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this is what mathematicians do. Yeah. You know, 800 years ago, they were yeah. sitting around going, I really don't want to do all this yeah. work. What can I do to make yeah, it they're easier? they're like, hey, wait a minute. I see this pattern. I wonder if it works every time. I could make a formula. Yeah. And then they make a formula, and now we're forced to learn it and use it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what math is. But the really cool thing was them getting really excited yeah. at using the formula. And I'm just like, wow. Oh, okay. I'd yeah. forgotten what this was yeah. like. Because I, I turned around and all of a sudden I was teaching a room full of me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I haven't taught you all in a long time. Okay, yeah. welcome. So that was kind of like my boost yeah. um, this week. Yay. Math is fun. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, Christine. Thank you, Natalie. And uh, looking forward to next time. 